welcome to creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast in this show we will discuss about best and worst experiences about passive and active apartment investing and i am your host ramakrishna let's begin the show today's our guest is panjam gupta welcome panjam thank you rama for having me Thank you. A little bit about Pancham. Pancham is the host of Gold Collar Investor Podcast, full-time real estate syndicator and principal of Mesos Capital. Pancham has a master's in information technology, information networking in computer science from Carnegie Mellon University. Pancham manages and controls over 40 million plus in real estate. Pancham is great at finding value propositions and has successfully built a portfolio which is cash flowing in double digits. He's a co-founder of Multifamily Mastermind NYC group. With that, would you like to add anything, Pancham? No, that's great. Thank you for having me, Rama, and you know, really honored to be on your show. Cool. Thank you. And congrats for our writing and publishing Success Habits book. Would you like to share more about that book, Pancham? Sure. You know, I was, uh, I got this opportunity to be part of this book, which is called Success Habits of Super Achievers. It came online just a uh, a few weeks ago on September 22nd, we launched it and it became the number one bestsellers in, in, in many, many, actually international bestsellers in many different categories. And, you know, the book is about uh, just different from many, many different parts of this book, like, you know, names like Darren Hardy, Les Brown, Brian Tracy, Mark Victor Hansen, Phil Collin, who is the lead guitarist of uh, Def Leppard Band. And so there are people from all walks of life. They talk about their habits, their mindset, and their things that have really helped them to achieve a lot in their life. And I was very grateful to be offered to, to get this opportunity to be part of this book. And if you want to buy it, you can buy it right off the Amazon or anywhere. And, you know, all the proceeds from the sale of the book is actually going to a charity in India, really great charity. And it's called angel.me. That's the name of the website. So yeah, that's the book. And, uh, you know, uh, we've been getting really good positive feedback. So highly, if anyone listening wants to get that book, they can get even $500 worth of bonuses by sending an email to gifts at successhabitsbook.com. Cool. And thanks for sharing that, Pancham. So what is financial freedom means to you and how one can plan to achieve that? So that's a great question, right? Like, you know, initially when I was thinking about financial freedom, it was always about time, right? Really making sure I have the time to do what I want from where I want and when I want, right? That was the idea of financial freedom to me when I actually initially started. So, but if I really break that down into many different categories, this is how I would like to think of this thing in at a very high level. You have freedom of time, which is you can do whatever you want. Then you have freedom of location. That means you can work from wherever you want and live where you would like to live, where not where you have to live. And then you have this number three is the freedom of, you know, freedom from stress, where you are really uh, not worried about, you know, you're living a healthy life. And that's like, you know, I'm trying to think of an example, like, you know, you don't have stresses of daily life. That's why uh, you're free from that. I mean, everyone has stresses, but we are very good at managing it. And you, you kind of free yourself from that. And 
then number four is freedom from you know being healthy like freedom from this is this ease which is disease so being healthy so you know i would say that um, these are the four things which i actually kind of combined that into this financial freedom background and if you can achieve these things i believe that you are really truly free that's how i would call that and you know i have couple of there are bunch of things when i talk about like my personal investing philosophy we can get into that if you want but you know which i kind of follow to kind of achieve the time and the location freedom cool yeah sure definitely uh, we'll go into that so what kind of personal finance questions one need to ask himself see i would say the the number one question that you need to ask assuming that you figured so them actually this question is very deep right so the question is that first of all you need to know your why now assuming that you know exactly what you want to do in life right if that is clear to you then the number one question i would say let's strictly focus on the financial side of things i would say that what is a freedom financial freedom mean to you and is it like you know you're getting let's say you're making $10,000 every month and your expenses are let's say you know $5,000 every month and uh, you're saving $5,000 and you're spending $5,000 and let's say if some from somewhere else now you start making this $10,000 every month is that financial freedom to you if the answer to that question is yes then that there you go that's your goal and that's what you would need to ask how can i create $10000 worth of passive income for myself so that i can you know be free i can be financially free and have the life that i want to create and then focus just on that so the number one question that you need to ask is like first of all, what what do you want and what is your goal like how would you want to be financially free and once you have that answer it's different for every different like for you know for, for different people the answer would be different like a recently interviewed someone on my podcast and the guy actually became financially free at the age of 27 the guy is single he's been house hacking his way since the age of 21 multiple times and at this point he actually is getting paid to live so for him the idea of financial freedom was to be able to get paid for living and he can he has basically has no he's fully financially free and he has actually money left over to invest so that was his definition so it really depends on personal uh, your own personal objectives but yeah the number one question would be that what does it mean for you to be financially free i don't know if i answered your question yes so yeah. any other questions one need to ask as far as financial freedom yeah No I think that's the major thing if you have that figured out rest everything is very tactical right let's say you figured it out that is $10000 my goal then you start figuring out how I can create that $10000 uh, from somewhere right now there are very many different strategies out there i know people who have done part time amazon fba business where they have created that kind of money actually a lot more than that in their life i know people who have done you know internet marketing where they actually just promote affiliate marketing and they create 
more than that much money just by doing that. I, you and I know people, so many people, Rama, like who have actually created financial freedom for themselves by investing in real estate, right? So all those things, all these examples are the examples of just the tactical thing, how you can achieve that $10,000 that would be dependent on the personal objectives, like, you know, what he likes. And that comes down to that first question I was saying, what is your why and what you want to do that will define that. But once you have that figured out like that's the most important thing what's your why and what is that your number that you want to achieve and then you focus on how you can do that and that's a long journey in itself as you and i know yeah so true and everything starts from why so then you can they can figure it out like how far right so uh, recently you closed one deal right in rally market and would you share your experience of closing that deal during covid would you share some best practices from underwriting inspections or lending property management point of view pancham Sure. Actually, there is a lot that happened for that deal. So for the listeners, there was this deal in Raleigh. It was, we bought it for, it was 132 units. There were three parcels next to each other built by the developer who built it was the seller. So it was never sold. And we went in under contract on this building before COVID and we released this deal on March 9th to our investors. And what happened, in, if you guys remember, week of March 9th was the biggest drop in Dow's existence in the history of Dow in the stock market. And, uh, you know, everyone got really scared in uh, towards the end of March. Oh, what's going to happen? World is coming to an end. And, uh, you know, there, there is no one's going to pay rent. And what's going to happen? There would be 100% delinquency and things like that, you know. But what, and we also got kind of scared and we actually went to the seller and said, you know what, we want to go back and go back to the renegotiation, uh, negotiating table and renegotiate the deal, which we did. But before that, you know, there were so many questions from the investors that we had to deal with. And, and uh, we also thought that we are not going to do the deal if we are not going to get our renegotiated price. And how did we come to the renegotiated price? And that's the thing that you were asking, like what, would, what changes we did and what we assumed at the time. And now those things have changed but at the time everyone was thinking oh you know what like there would be spike in delinquency there would be people who 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 would be jobless and they won't be able to pay rent so number one thing we did was we increased our bad debt assumptions like the delinquency on the property would increase and what we did at the time we said okay first six months the delinquency would be 25 percent meaning 25 percent of the people on the property would not pay rent to us and for the following six months it would be uh, actually first one year it would be 25 percent the second year it would be 15 percent and the third year it would be 10 percent that's how we underwrote that part and then we also changed our assumptions on the rent side where we said you know what the rents are not going to grow as much as we thought we made them zero for the first one year like the increase so that's what we did and once we did that we came up with the price the difference the delta in the price we went back to the seller and the seller with a lot of negotiations back and forth he agreed and during this negotiation process actually seller came to us and said you know what i would give you guys seller financing and match all of your debt terms with the agency debt and uh, you know and would not also charge you prepayment 
penalty, which was like really, really great deal for us. And we took that. And it was also a great deal for him uh, because number one, he got the surety that the lenders would not create any problem towards the end because there was a lot of uncertainty around the time. And second, he did not have place to put his money. So he, he gave us the loan. So yeah, that's what we did. And we closed the deal. And since then, which we closed in July, this deal has performed exactly what we had thought pre-COVID and uh, you know we were able to bump the rents by $100 without even putting a single penny in the unit and uh, because they were really under market it was the owned by the original developer and so we were really happy with our, our purchase overall. Awesome and congratulations and uh, any challenges from inspection point of view Anjan? So not really big challenges. I mean, the property was in a great shape. The, since the original developer owned it, they really had the pride of ownership. They owned it for more than 25 years. And uh, you could see that on the property, it was really well maintained. There were few drain line issues we had where the drain lines were clogged. So we had to jet them out, which we did after we owned, after we took over the control. And other than that, there were some minor issues like, you know, gutters, or a few gutters were missing and things like that. Not Nothing really major, like less than $25,000 worth of work. That's cool. So what is your current focus and share something you're excited about now, Pancham? So my, like our company's current focus that two, I would divide that question into two parts. One is the personal side and the other is the business side. On the business side of things, what we are doing now, like we believe that there could be who knows what's going to happen but uh, no one knows that but in our opinion if there is no other stimulus package that comes out all the things that came out of cares act and you know the forbearance programs which was on the lending side and or the renter assistance which was on the people who were paying rent and all those things are coming to an end or came to an end and uh, you know people who we believe there could be a slew of foreclosures starting next year if none of these stimulus packages come out and there will be investing opportunities that would be there that we could tap into and they will go to only those people who have the money ready and so if for that reason what we are doing now is we are creating a fund instead of doing uh, raising capital for individual properties we are creating a fund where we have an objective on what kind of properties we want to buy and this 10 million dollar fund is what we are actually working on now it's not launched yet but it will be soon uh, launching in October of 2020. And once it's launched, we will have the money ready for the acquisitions next year. So that's on the business side. On the personal side, you know, I am just like you are really excited about the podcast. I've been uh, working on my podcast and I have started recently a Friday uh, mindset series that I am really excited about when I expand on that. So I'm working on that. And then I'm also working on my own book as well. That's little long-term project. So other than that, like, yeah, those are the two main things that I'm focused on right now. Cool. One question on fund side, what are the benefits or advantages going with fund? So that's a great question, right? One advantage, like I mentioned, is that since we want to get the money 
side of the things ready, right? Because we believe the deals will come, right? You have that liberty of, you know, raising capital without you have the deal. And you can only do that once you have some kind of track record because people really don't know what they're investing in, right? So the money side is there, right? But from the investor point of view, that was the benefit from the general point of view, right? From the investor point of view, the benefit is really diversification. So what happens is like, let's say they invest in one property in single syndication, like our Raleigh deal. Now they know exactly what they're investing in, but they don't have the benefit of diversification, right? What happens if that deal goes, doesn't perform as expected in a fund, you can do four deals and Three deals can be really good and you knock it out of the park, but one deal is not that great. They get this benefit of diversification, number one. So number two is this, actually, before I go to number two, I want to expand on this. Number one, diversification cannot be just on, you know, different assets. The geographies can be different. One deal can be in Raleigh, the other can be in Florida right? Uh, The strategy around the asset classes could be different as well. Even the asset classes themselves could be different, but in our case, it would be the same thing. And then the timing, you can get diversification on timing as well, because you, like I mentioned, the deals might come next year. So you can really time when you are investing your funds. Now there are cons of investing in a fund too. The cons are people who are investing, they don't really know what they're investing in. They are really banking on the asset managers, the fund managers capability of finding a good deal, right? You have to, as a fund manager, you have to worry about when the investors are coming in and when the investors are going out, depending on how the fund is set up. And it can be for investors, it can be difficult to review the numbers because every deal would be different. And when you combine them together, it's difficult to review the numbers for the investors it can get a little more complicated right so it's really you know there's no right or wrong here in a single deal it's a closed ended uh fund it's like you know you start a fund and you close it when the property closes it has a clear start date it has a clear end date and you know exactly what you're investing in so those are the benefits of a single asset fund but for a multi-asset fund you're really banking on the track record of the general partner you have diversification benefits you know exactly the objectives and you also kind of benefit on the timing side Sure. Yeah, that's correct. So would you like to share anything else, Panja? On the fund side? Anything. No, I can talk about a little bit on the my personal investing philosophy on like how, how I would like to invest and how I kind of uh, think about investing in different asset classes. So I really divide investing into four separate categories. Category number one, four separate, like my entire portfolio is divided into these four categories. Category one is stock market. There, you know, I have my 401k from my previous employer. That 401k is invested in stock market. You know, I know a lot of people are against stock market. Again, I like that as a diversification play. You have some part of the portfolio in the stocks, ETFs, and some kind of well-researched, you know, funds. And then it's mainly tied towards the growth side of things. And then the second is the cash flowing assets. Now, those could be anything around, you know, real estate or apartment buildings and self-storage, any different kinds of asset classes, which is creating cash flow for you and also giving you tax benefits and also at the same time have the forced appreciation component to it. 
So that's the second. And then the number third is this I learned from Kiyosaki and a lot of uh, other people investing in gold and silver. I also put some in Bitcoin, although I don't understand Bitcoin dynamics really well. I do believe in it, but it's um, again, I really don't understand it that well. So but gold and silver, I would say that, you know, save your money in gold and silver and definitely keep some cash on the side. But that's what I think of gold and silver, where it's really the hedge against the inflation. And in case of a doom gloom scenario, which doesn't seem likely in any near future, you have that. And number four is whole life, heavily funded whole life uh, insurance, max funded. And, um, and there I would like to uh, you know, I talk about this subject quite a bit. It's heavily misunderstood strategy. I discussed that on the podcast too, where you, I like to save a lot of capital, which I call the emergency fund. And I also use that money to invest in cash flowing assets as well. So these are the four things I kind of divide my own personal portfolio and uh, for different things, stock markets for growth, Real estate is for cash flow. And then we have gold and silver for really saving not the paper dollars, but hard asset and liquid asset. And number four is the high value whole life insurance. Cool. And thanks for sharing that. So how can listeners can connect with you, Pancha? Sure. I have uh, multiple ways. They can find me on LinkedIn. My email is p at thegoldcollarinvestor.com. That's the name of my podcast. And if they want to know more about my six diversification, my six reasons to diversify outside of Wall Street, they can get a free report on thegoldcollarinvestor.com forward slash download. It's a free report and it also talks about how you can do it. Thanks, Pancham. Thanks for sharing your partner finance side and your deal. No problem. Thank you, Rama, for having me. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message, info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating Wealth Through Passive Apartment Investing Podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.